Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Comics on the air and in your ear. As always, I am the Crown Prince of Charisma, Mo, and this is with me, the uh, King of the Casters, Chief Defender of the Faith. He is Mr. Brett Podcast. You sound very charismatic today, Mo. Well, that's because I am. Uh, the Crown Prince, even. And uh, the, the, also on us, this episode with us, uh, number 190, uh, uh, We View Reviews, I think is uh, the title. I don't know. I, I just came up with that. Unless you guys come up with something better, and you probably can. Also with us, the man with no nickname, Chris. The ear is always my the orifice of my choice. For what? Well, you said we were going in the ear. I thought... I, I couldn't think of a more preferable or, or, orifice to be going in at this time. A more preferable? <laughs> pre, 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 yeah. 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 A buffalo. Excellent. <laughs> it's mid-afternoon. Chris has been drinking. It is mid-afternoon. All right. I, you know, you give me a hard time about drinking. I have to deal with you guys. Oh, I didn't say you weren't justified. <laughs> I, I earned that. All right, so this is episode, as I say, one uh, one ninety. We view reviews, and that's because recently on the website, on the We Talk Comics website, we have started to do reviews, or as we call them, the we views uh, of comics, written uh, written we views. And because of that, we we thought we'd kind of go over some of the books that we have been, um, you know, kind of what is it that we've talked about that we've written about so far. And uh, and kind of you know give a give kind of everybody an update of what we read and what we really liked and because we're generally trying to we're admittedly trying to pick out the books since we we don't have enough time to just review everything uh, we're trying to pick out books generally that are that that we think are good and that we would recommend and so I'm just going to go back here in, into the archives and uh, say we started this what uh, what's the first date Brett do you think that we uh, that we did this oh what was the first date well it would have been in. It would have been in February, probably around the middle of February, I think, that uh, that we first started doing this. Is that what it feels like to me? Is that your final Maybe answer? The, uh, February 13th. The very first one went up on uh, February 13th. Holy shit. So anyway, so we, <laughs> the very first one was actually was, was my review of the Archer and Armstrong, The Vault of Spirits. And uh, I gave this uh, an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, we're using kind of the uh, the comic grading scale. So, uh, you know, like an 8.5 is, a, what, a very near something? Near, near. <laughs> very near something. <laughs> uh, very fine, is it? Or no, a very fine plus? Something it's a very fine plus. Like. Okay, so we're, we're using that scale kind of kind of to try and make it a little comic-y and, and uh, give, it, give it a little bit of fun. So yeah, I I thought this was a, a really good book. Now, either one of you did either one of you have a chance in the archives to look at it as well? I, I did. In this case. I, I had a quick look. Um, I was interested in uh, Archer Armstrong. I I collected the entirety of the last Archer uh, and Armstrong series, and I enjoyed that. But I didn't jump on this new series. Well, it's uh, not a series. A, it's just a it's just a special. It's just a one shot. Oh, oh, yeah, but it it connects into the last con. Sorry, Archer and Armstrong has had a couple volumes here, so. Okay, so um, which one are you talking about that you've read? If you're saying the nineties, no, 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 <laughs> I have, I have read the Archer and Armstrong that was relaunched with Valiant. 
They have since re- relaunched with a new writer that I don't follow. Okay, this is written by Fred Van Lente. So, uh, you know... Um, God damn, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been writing Archer and Armstrong for a while there. And... Uh, <laughs> Anyways, it's it's a it was a really fun book. It was a good way to to kick it off, um, and and it's it's kind of what uh, what Archer and Armstrong is when it's the best. It's not it's more of a character piece and um, and a really uh, you know a funny and uh, touching touching story. And uh, and that that one was uh, you know I mean and and Archer is uh, is back you know with Noah and the Ark, and, and apparently Noah was crazy, at least in this universe. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that seems reasonable to me. <laughs> I, I, I assumed he was a crazy in all universes, but so Chris, let's get not... to... yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to go there. Chris, you've written, uh, I think, three. Is it that you've done? Uh, what are the three four. books? That you... Four. four? Or five. No, I, don't I, think... I think four. <laughs> you think? Uh, Star Wars, pumpkin, pumpkin head. Um... Oh, you're right. Four, yeah. Um, you've had four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've done uh, Star Wars, uh, Rose and Page. Um, it, admittedly, your uh, I guess your uh, Forces of Destiny, Rose and Page, and and admittedly, probably your least favorite. I guess. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, it, it. I. I didn't actually choose this book. Uh, Brett chose it for me, and we were. We. I think we're drawing something fun, and it didn't really work. Um, licensed books aren't really my thing. Um, young adult books aren't really my thing. And, uh, the, those two things crashed hard. So <laughs> I just, it just throws me off because I think, I think, you know, when you're reading it, do you not try to read it from a different perspective as opposed to your perspective? Um, Yes. However, I am a, I, I'm actually opposed to licensed um, licensed young a, adults. I'm against pandering, and uh, I thought that's what this book was doing. Fucking <laughs> <Okay>, Chris. <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> You're against pandering. You're against licensed books. Um, I'm, I'm against... No, actually... Uh, uh, Licensed books can be good. Pandering is never a good thing. <laughs> so you would prefer your kids read uh, read Archie than what you're saying is basically in this. But uh, you did you did in the is that what you're trying to say that those are more actually in the in the end you did recommend a, a bunch of books. Uh, uh, yeah. You recommended Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Moon Girl, and Devil Dinosaur, and of mm-hmm. course Bone. Uh, I don't think Bone is written for people the same age as this. I think this is for a younger audience Bo- still. Bone is written for everybody. Uh, <laughs> who, who would you not recommend Bone to? A five-year-old. Really? Yeah. See, that's the first book I'd hand him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Mostly, mostly I'd be worried that they just wouldn't be able to pick up on it. Uh, 
there's a lot of especially as that series goes uh further along it gets awfully intense and there's a lot of stuff that's uh yeah i i I think that it would go over a kid's heads i think they're better off reading that when they're 10 to 12 i think that's about the right age for them yeah but i mean he, he you can still enjoy the cutesy characters and the beautiful art and i mean i'm sorry Stupid, stupid rat cre- creatures is funny, no matter what age you are. Well, this is true. I, I, I won't. Dis- I, but I just, I mean, do I want them to enjoy it, or do I want them to get the most out of it they can get? That's the thing. You can enjoy it on one level at this age, and an entirely different uh, level at a at an older age. I am looking forward to my next level of reading Bone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I totally appreciate that. As far as the Star Wars book goes, like, you talk about cutesy-cutesy art, and I actually thought that the art in the Star Wars book looked really good. I didn't read the book, but but I thought the art looked excellent, and if that's one of your kind of criteria for somebody being interested in jumping on... No, 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 no. It it, It was art that was obviously approved by Disney. It was in a Disney style. It... It looked to me like it was cookie cutter stuff. There, there are probably forty artists could, that could have done that exact art. Um, it didn't well, have any personality. You could say that about almost every book. A lot of books, but when you have a corporation standing over you, mandating a particular style, I, I think creativity is lost. Like a DC or Marvel house style, say. Yeah, like, like what uh, Marvel does, you know, on an unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Um, I think you're actually. I I, I don't agree with uh, Squirrel Girl having a Marvel style. I really don't think that's the case with that particular book. No, but but you can't um, say it's very unlikely that whatever it is that that book is is not mandated by Marvel as a property. Um, well. In the case of Squirrel Girl, this is going to be interesting because we just lost the the only artist to do Squirrel Girl in the newest incarnation. Uh, uh, it was now she was leaving the book next issue. So I'm actually uh, quite exci- excited to see who they're putting on there next. I'm actually hoping for a different style uh, because although I enjoyed it, I was getting a little bit tired of it. And uh, I think due to uh, the audience of squirrel girl, it is going to be a different type of artist. Uh, And and I would agree. I hope that uh, I do hope that uh, comes about as well. I do think that you, that uh, it is a mistake to think that the, uh, you know, I mean, there's only a limited amount of anytime you're working for for one of these corporations, which is what these are, and I mean, it's the same corporation that owns Marvel and owns uh, this property that even though it's done by IDW, so I mean, the, the idea that you're not thinking to yourself, oh, this is you know, <laughs> that 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 they're not mandating what to do, I, I think is a little bit ridiculous. I I just felt um, that. In regards to this Star Wars book in particular, felt more pre-designed by another artist, obviously for a larger group, because this is a whole 
uh, line of books. I believe there's going to be toys and like that. It all falls into a particular line that the book is a part of. It It's not leading the way, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah, I know it does. I, I just don't think that – I don't think Disney is doing anything wrong by creating a uh, – I mean, they did this for us when we were kids, you know, uh, droids yeah. and things like that, right? Like, yeah, I don't think and those doing books were wrong. freaking terrible. But you, yeah, you could say that now. But as a kid, I, I enjoyed the, them. I hated those books as a kid. <laughs> I, I I thought they created stupid adults, which maybe they did. Yeah, apparently, yeah. No, come on now. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with anybody taking their... Like, I mean, all right, if you take the Terminator and you make that a G-rated uh, kid's book, that I probably wouldn't like. But, but I mean... See, that's about so Star cool Wars. that I'm on board. We're talking about Star Wars, <laughs> which was not exactly... They're not exactly kidifying something that's, you know... Like, this isn't... It's Star Wars. It's already kidified to a degree. Which is why they should have handed him the Lando book that was so great. Or the Princess Leia book that rocks. Disney, Disney knows these five, books are We're talking about five to eight-year-old girls that generally that this is targeting. Like, well, I don't see what's wrong with that. I, I, I just think there's better, better things to do. These, these are obviously made because IDW will shrink these down and sell them in a three-pack. Um, Three plaque ba- uh, blind bags, just like they did with the Teenage Ninja Turtles Nickelodeon tie-ins in toy store aisles. They're may they're meant to be an add-on with a toy, and I don't particularly love those. All right, all right, Brett. Any final thoughts as we got off no, on a I tangent mean... here that was not expected? <laughs> you know, I I think that. Um... As a parent, I I wouldn't have a problem with my son reading something like this, mostly because at least it's a good entry into the Star Wars universe, and that's and that's ultimately what I you know as as a geek parent, I think that's what you kind of hope for is just that entry point into these universes that you appreciate. Yeah, that's why we have BB-8 <laughs> and Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's let's move on. So what are some of the other books you've reviewed there, Chris? Uh, Pumpkinhead, which surprised me greatly that I love this freaking book. Um, because I am historically not known as a Colin Bunn fan. And I, I think more than any other book I have read in recent memory... The artist won me over with his storytelling. I think this 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 book really highlights how an artist can um, lead a story. Um, it is absolutely one of the greatest uh, revelations to me in recent comic book history. I really, really enjoyed this book. Yeah, I think wow. you you gave it uh, the highest review we had on the site for a while here, mm-hmm. and uh, you gave that a, a nine point two near mint score. So uh, that's that's. And what about your other two books? Um, 
Oh, uh, yes, I did uh, G.I. Joe versus uh, the Bionic Man, which, or sorry, the $6 million man. I've been having trouble for that one for 40 years, <laughs> uh, remembering that one. Um, but I, I also loved it. I was a little scared going in this book because, of course, it's written by uh, our friend Ryan Ferrier. And um, I really didn't want to say any bad, anything bad about him um, because, well, let's face it, I'll see him next week. Um, but luckily, I really quite enjoyed the book. Um, I was also a little scared because the last book I read of his, um, I didn't particularly love, not because of quality issue, but it was a thematic issue that I had a little bit of a, problems with and that was the uh, kennel house blues um it is really dark and depressing and it just sent me into some depressing <laughs> it, it sent me into a funk basically um but yeah that's it uh yeah and what else did i review i don't remember um green hornet oh just yeah green, green, hornet. green hornet that was a fun book but a little bit hard to review because well, it was the first issue, and they were laying some uh, groundwork. Um, I'm looking forward to a couple more issues before uh, I uh, decide whether I'm collecting this one or not. Brett, you read both of those books. Um, I read I read all those books. Yeah, yeah. Um, I read the the Pumpkinhead, which I thought was uh, I thought was pretty good. Definitely. I mean, I I don't know that I'd go as high as Chris, but uh, oh, did you see no the freaking color that 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 covered the Kelly Jones cover? It's just gorgeous. Oh, the Kelly Jones cover is amazing. I I will absolutely give you that. It's it's. I mean, Kelly Jones does great work, and and so for sure, if from a sheer, you know, see that on the shelf, want to pick it up, yes, I will one hundred percent give you that book. Um, I mean, no doubt, it's a it's a. It's a good book. I, I enjoyed it, and I would certainly be interested in reading further. I mean, I, like, you know, myself probably would have given it between, like, maybe an 8, 8.5 kind of thing. But, hey, I appreciate the fact that you liked it. Especially given that it's a Colin Bunn book. Yeah. <laughs> I had a hard time with that. <laughs> and then, uh, and then let's see now, the, uh, the, the Farrier book, yeah, for sure. I love G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. And so the six million dollar man, uh, I like how they did that. I like there was uh, I like Cobra, so I like the fact that Cobra was in it. I can't believe they actually had Even like vintage vintage like accessories with the with the rocket pack and stuff included in the book. That that just made me smile. <laughs> Although. You know, I, I will admit, I think that your your Green Hornet review confused me a little bit because you had you had suggested that we didn't know who Green Hornet was going to be, but that you thought it would be Kato's daughter, and then by the end of the book, Kato's daughter was Green Hornet. Um, yeah, I just didn't want to spoil the the last page, and um, it's the cover. It's the cover okay. of the book. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cover. <laughs> it, it, the the story was about the journey and not the destination. Absolutely, I I completely agree with that. 
Um, and and to be honest with you, I liked the journey. I thought that uh, I thought it was a pretty good story and and quite interesting the way they the way they framed it overall. I would actually be more concerned if the, if it just turned into a regular Green Hornet story with just standard like you know oh story flush story flush as opposed to in this case where I hope that that they kind of do keep touching back on the legacy a bit more. I I think that would well be more that that's the danger with this book. They could mid issue next issue just make it a Green Hornet story. They won't. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully they don't, and hopefully they uh, they kind of keep the same tone as we had in the first issue. But I, I appreciated it. I thought it was for me. I probably would have given it an eight point five. Did Did you uh, enjoy the um, the new costume? What What were your feelings on it? Um, you know, it's it's pretty. It's it's definitely well because I guess what what would you say? It's kind of a cross between. What you'd expect out of Cato and and the Green Hornets a little bit slimmed down. It's Cato's uh, daughter, right? Yeah, I mean that that's completely logical. I don't know. I I kind of like my Green Hornet in a hat, but I couldn't put. I doesn't really matter. That's a personal thing. Uh, Yeah, well, and I and I guess from from a perspective of viewing the Green Hornet as a man. Then I could probably see the hat a little bit more. Uh, I don't know if the the same kind of hat, you know, works. With, well, especially without the trench coat. I think it feels like if you're going to have the trench coat, you need the hat. But if you don't have the trench coat, then then the hat is probably a little silly. Uh, to be yeah. honest with you, it's, it it seems like like I mean that 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 hat. I guess is iconic in the the trench coat. But the truth is, I mean. It was created in an era when people wore that, and now they don't. And it's like, shouldn't you be able to move beyond that? I like hats. <laughs> like, can I say? Chris likes hats. Yeah, no, I'm willing, I, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm just saying it's it's taken me a little bit a little bit more time to warm up to this new look than I would prefer. Hello, guys. There. Yep. yep. Okay. I I lost you guys both there for a second. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we move on? What what do you, what would you like to talk about next? Well, uh, well, let's go back to the the um to something. Uh, you say we move on, but I really want Chris to explain to me the cover that you were complaining about, Chris. The in the GI Joe million dollar six million dollar man. Um, uh, the, the, the variant cover, uh, <laughs> can you please explain to me what you were thinking here? Because, okay, I'm just going to say this once the $6 million man as a three and a half inch figure looks stupid. It felt wrong. It just did. I don't know why it just did those little Shoulder bolts and like that. Um, but they're okay on the GI Joe. Yeah, somehow, yeah, because that's the way they were. 
I just couldn't take my eyes off the $6 million man thinking, man, I love the look of the original figure, and this does not feel right. I think it's one of the coolest covers I've ever seen, ever. Looking like like a these figures in in this, you know, like it's awesome. I mean, I you know it's on our website, but you know people can go in also and Google it. I mean, definitely worth it. I think it's awesome. Like, uh, and and so I mean, I remember reading your review and tr- and trying to figure it out. And you're like, I would have preferred the 12 inch ones, like when I was a kid. And I was like, how are you 70? Like, what's a 12 inch what GI Joe's? I was trying to figure out what you meant, but yeah. So you're talking about the the larger. You would have preferred a larger. The larger Bionic Man, Steve Austin, that you would have from your childhood with the little GI Joe—that's what you would have preferred. Um, you know what? Just just because I also think, although I don't have the same fond remembrances of it, I I would have liked the twelve-inch uh, GI Joe as well. But that doesn't make thematic sense. But it would have made a cool cover, and we still can get it for. Uh, issue two or three. Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay. All right. All right. I, I get what you're saying, sort of, mm-hmm. in, in as much as a criticism as I can. So so the other books I looked at, um, I mean, uh, a few different ones here. Um, uh, Armstrong, Archer and Armstrong, we already talked about. I, I reviewed uh, The Mighty Crusaders, which is, uh, you know, coming up, or is currently published from Archie's, and, and you know, they're kind of relaunching these characters that have been around for, uh, oof, these Dark Circle comics, you know, as the imprint, and these characters have been around for, like, 50 years, and they've tried on and off to uh, to get them uh, going. And so, they're, they, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's, like, it's got a retro feel, it's got a little bit of a, a modern feel, it's trying to be a lot of things all at once, and I thought they pulled it off really well. And so I really enjoyed the Mighty Crusaders. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd tell people to check that out, especially since they're bringing back the uh, Archie characters, uh, you know, Captain Pureheart and, and Captain Hero, or Pureheart and Captain Hero and all these guys. And they're going to have a crossover coming up with the Mighty Crusaders. And I think that's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. So um, I definitely recommend that. I, I reviewed a couple books off of uh, Comic Central. Our friends at Comic Central, the, uh, the Place for Indie Comics. Uh, Pizza Boys, number one. Um, Spencer Scott Holmes, who's going to actually guest on the show in a little while, he he did this. This is a lot of fun, uh, a lot of laughs in this book. Uh, really funny. I mean, you pretty much, you look at the cover, you pretty much get a, a feeling of what it's going to be right away. Uh, another one I looked at was Crisis of F.R. Earth, which is basically a story of uh, some uh, kind of some YouTube uh, girls who are like YouTubers, celebrities, and and uh, some girls from another universe that are coming in and killing off all the uh, all their alternate from these other planets and taking over there. They come into their world, and uh, and I think it's gonna it's it's a setup issue again, but I think it's gonna grow a lot. So I, I give that one another good uh, review, uh, solid book. Um, Alters number ten. Uh, it's really difficult to get into and review a book that's a number 10, uh, you know, uh, especially when it's 10 in a, in a, uh, in a 10 issue series <laughs> that you haven't read the, yeah. the ones previously, the final, uh, issue of the, of the series that is going away for a while. But, uh, I thought, uh, that Paul Jenkins did a fantastic job with this. I gave this a nine out of 10. Um, a is really, that from really... the Aftershock comics or that is from, a- yep. That's from Aftershock. 
uh, a really terrific. Um, I, I just I think there's so much stuff here that's sensitive, especially when you have a the, really the main character, the lead characters, is uh, is you know transforming genders, you know, and and is and I think he he really handled it well and at the end of the book even more so he he writes a blog and he tells a very personal story that he didn't a lot of even like his closest friends and family members don't know about when he was homeless and uh it's very touching and uh really it's pretty it's pretty damn great uh i I really appreciate what he did here and uh i have also uh did uh what was it the Donald and Mickey, big fat flat pl- plot. <laughs> oh, oh, there's, there's, yeah, like I say, try and say that three times fast. That's a trade paperback. It's largely a collection of stories from Europe, where and and the European take on Donald and Mickey and the Disney characters is less Disneyfied than what what Chris was talking about than what you'd think. You know, I mean, you have Disney, you know, Mickey punching somebody and getting punched, and a villain literally trying to kill him and bragging about it, and 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 it's it's. Uh, I think it's just that they don't feel the need to protect the kids and anybody from from these actions and these things nearly as much as they are here. They're not as worried about being PC or whatever. They just tell the story that it needs to be told. So it's like really the best version of Donald and Mickey I can get. I could want, I could read, and I, I thought it was fantastic and uh, really enjoyed it. I mean, it's still Disney and, and Mickey, so it's not like Watchmen or anything. But but it, you know, it was really a lot of fun, and the art's actually pretty cool very energetic for the different artists and it has stories from italy and uh netherlands and uh denmark sweden um finland so it's really cool um and then uh finally i did uh vampironica which is one that when i first read vampironica number one is going to be out march 14th and uh which i guess will be a couple days after this show is probably posted uh so people can go down and get it it's it's a um like, I didn't like it too much. And then I started thinking about it more and more and more. Like, I thought it was good. But the more I thought about it, the more I appreciated it. Because, again, it's a, it's a number one, so you're setting up a lot of stuff. The art of Greg Smallwood is really cool. And it's written by him and his sister, Megan. And, um, you know, I, I think that, yeah, I th- th- this is what Brett and I were kind of discussing. Because Brett read it, too, and appreciated it more. And, and I kind of listened to him a little bit and, and got to it. And that is that... It's a, um, it's very much a, like, they love the characters, they treat the characters, Betty acts like Betty, Veronica acts like Veronica, Reggie acts like Reggie, everybody acts like they do. It's just all of a sudden you have this, this, you know, vampire thing thrown in, and, and, uh, we had written, and we'll probably talk about it, I read, uh, Jughead the Hunger earlier, and I, I really disliked it. So I think that was probably, like, still kind of throwing shade on this one. It was definitely fresh. Yeah, it was mind. throwing shade on this one uh, to, to a degree. But but when I, th- I think back on the art and the way that they treated the characters and set everything up, I, I think they really did a very good job at issue number one. And I think that series is going to become really, really, really good before it's finished. So, I mean, I, I think it's just going to get better. Um, have you read any of, any of the other Archie Horror stuff? Yeah, um, I, I love art Afterlife with RT, and I love uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and and that's why I you know I, I hadn't read I was going to read The Hunger you know Art Jughead The Hunger, and and 
that's why number four, like, but to pick it up, like, is all. Uh, I thought it was a terrible, terrible book, and and uh, which is why I was really quite worried about this one because now I had this great experience and I had this bad experience, and I I wasn't sure what I was going to get. So, uh, you know, that's why, yeah. Uh, but what, Chris, what do you think of those other uh, Afterlife with Archies? Um, I really like. Uh, I okay, Afterlife with Archie. I find a perfectly readable book. It it dropped off my uh, pull list after the first volume because I didn't think we were going to get anything more, really. And RG's publishing schedule drives me insane. Um, uh, Sabrina, I absolutely adore. I love the... Uh, is it Chilling Adventures with Sabrina? Yeah, Chilling Adventures. Um, I absolutely love this book. I mean, it almost has a dark shadows feel to it. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good analogy. Um, Comparison. So much so, I'm actually going to watch the. Um, I think it's a Hulu series or Amazon series that they're basing a new live action series on. Um, and I still haven't watched Riverdale, so that's saying something. Um. I really, uh, Jughead the Hunger, just the idea uh, repulsed me because it's stupid. Um, I didn't I, I didn't go on that one at all. I don't think it's stupid. I, uh, for me, at least personally, I didn't think it was stupid. I think it was just horribly executed. There's so much, especially if you read this issue, like you'd be like, there's just so much that they do wrong. Well, this issue just didn't. It, it, it's it's an almost impossible jump on point, and and I mean you know given given that concept of every comic is somebody's first. If if this were my first comic, I would be terribly unimpressed. It, it'd probably Whereas, be your last comic ever too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't. There would be nothing for me to draw me into comics from from that. Like I go, I got no sense of of world building or any or of character building or anything like that. Whereas, you know, that's the difference with Vampironica number one is that I got a sense of character and I also got a sense of the world. I also don't tend to like werewolves all that much, so that's the I reason like I vampires. Didn't, um, yeah, that's <laughs> true too. And that's the thing, right? I mean it's it's I mean Veronica gets bitten by a vampire, doesn't get all the way crossover, and doesn't get killed. So she's kind of like halfway in between, and has the power to fight them. and And all of a sudden, she can kick ass. And so apparently, it also apparently getting bit by by a, by a vampire also teaches you martial arts. Who knew? But now, six months from now, when she crosses over with Vampirella, are you on board? No, but. <laughs> But but everybody crosses over yeah, with Vampirella. So, I, yeah. I haven't read a Vampirella anything in a forever. But the point is, I mean, it's not. We're not saying that that's the, that's kind of the thing. It's like it is held back by the fact that it is familiar. I mean, there's so many other you know stories of, of this type and you know this take. But it's it's with the Archie characters and treating them with respect while doing it, and that's that's the win in this series, and that's part of the part of the fail of the Jughead the the hunger. Was they did not treat them like that. Not to mention that, you know, we, you couldn't tell what character was what, and the arts and colors are so dark you can't tell anybody apart, and and it's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
See, now it's it's interesting that though that as we as we talk about Jughead the Hunger, because one of the books that I reviewed was uh, Ninjak Ninja K number four. Mm. And that was something very similar where they broke out of the uh, they broke out of the story to tell like the origin story for a different character. In this case it was uh, it was one of the other ninjaks. It was or ninja G it was. And the difference was is that I actually really enjoyed the I, I enjoyed the origin story that they told, but they were also very cognizant of keeping it tied in with the Colin King Ninja K. And they had him appear, you know, once or twice at least in the books so that so that you kind of always grounded it to the story that you were trying to tell. I think you need to explain this because I'm curious. Um because Chris is uh, being very vocal about his dislike of Ninjak. But it no longer is Ninjak. It's Ninja K. Explain to him the concept. I'm wondering if this is one that he would be uh, into or not. I mean, it's he's still Ninjak in that regard. Because they call him Ninjak. But what they now have is MI6 has a group of different... Uh, they have a ninja program. So very G.I. Joe of them. But, but like, you know, starting out, and they had a Ninja A, and now they have a Ninja K, and he's the latest in that line. And so I think that it's just an interesting concept that you've kind of, kind of turned it on its head, and at least, you know, it, it's like James Bond to a certain degree. If you, if you were to imagine that 007 carries on, carries on always as the James Bond character whether that's one from 1940 or whether that's one from even like 1980 you know it could be a different james bond and and so i think that's kind of what you're seeing here is that every era you know every decade or whatever you you tend to get a new ninja but and maybe you have two or three at the same time but that's but at least it's it's a bunch of different characters and so it gives more of a reason for a Ninja K, as opposed to just Ninjak. Um, to answer your question, Mo, I am more on board with Ninja K than I ever was Ninjak. But I will say there's a fatal flaw. Like, like Ninjak needed needed a more confusing name. Let let let's just muddy the waters even more with Ninjak. I'm not jumping in this pool. Despite the fact they've had some of the most awesome covers, I think uh, Valiant has ever done uh, since this series started. Did you give that one an eight point five, Brett? Or I think it was an eight. Okay. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's right in the middle of a story, so it's it's hard to give something else. But I did enjoy the I like the Ninja G origin story was really interesting. I think the the biggest problem, and maybe it's not a problem. But it almost seemed, because she was James Bond, but they threw all these updated tropes in, where it's just like, yes, I mean, she's a, she's a girl, she's also a lesbian, spoiler alert. <laughs> and, and so it, it's, my concern is that, is it too much? Are they, are they going too far? But, but as far as like being in an a good story. It's a really good story and, and a really interesting character. Now, are they in any danger, do you think, of actually, you used the comparison earlier of G.I. Joe. Are they 
in any danger of crossing into that zone, do you think, of becoming, you know, that ninja force sort of silly, oh, my God, we have different color ninjas thing going on, or? I don't think so. As I, as I read it, I mean, the, the thing is, Ninja G is fairly old in this case. So it seems unlikely that you would come back into active duty, so to speak. But but no, I mean, given that he has a, you know, still has a bit of a purple costume, but, it, but they <laughs> all have a purple costume in that regard. Like, there's, you know, purple exists within the mi6 ninja program and for whatever reason well i know what reason because you know ninjack was purple but <laughs> but but i don't think that's going to happen and i think if it does happen then they've jumped the shark man if they have a tech expert named uh with the red costume i might be into that <laughs> now that of course that leads me to the other to to uh, one of the first reviews I did, which was G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 248. And obviously, I'm a huge fan of G.I. Joe and a huge fan of what Larry Hama does. And I really like this one. It's because I haven't read it in a, in a little while. Usually what I do is I leave it for a couple of years and then, and then like, binge read two years' worth of Real American Hero. Uh, half the time I read it from the beginning again, so I think I think I've read the whole series from the beginning like three times, three four times. But when uh, in this case it's another silent issue, which the fact that it's um, part three of the story leading up to two hundred and fifty, I'm really out of the loop. But the fact that it was a silent issue, I actually thought really helped me along with that because. You didn't have to focus on on trying to pick up a lot of the extra story. You were just focusing on the action, and the action was great. So overall, I really liked the book. What else have you reviewed? What else have you written about, Brett? <laughs> well, next one that I, next one that I wrote about was uh, was the James Bond M one shot from Dynamite. And that one, again, another MI6 team. But uh, it's funny how all these, how like G.I. Joe, Ninjak, and, uh, and MI6 James Bond, they all seem to tie together in some way, shape, and form. But uh, I actually like this story. I thought it's the first time that I've read the Dynamite James Bond universe. And I know I've read James Bond comics before, and a lot of time I've been kind of disappointed with them. But I wasn't disappointed with this one. I, I really quite liked it, and I thought it was a very good story for what they were trying to tell. It was short in that regard. I mean, it was only, it's only like 40 pages, so I mean, it's it's just a slightly larger than a normal comic. But And it's interesting, because they probably could have pulled it out to four issues, but I'm glad that they didn't. You know, it was quick, but it was still a really good story about M. All right, so then I did another couple, uh, couple within a couple of days. I did Punk's Not Dead, which was from IDW. That's the Black Crown, and I really knew nothing about this going in, but the idea that somebody has found the ghost, a ghost spirit who thinks he's Sid Vicious, and now this spirit follows this kid around. 
you don't know what to expect out of that, but I actually thought it was really fun and really interesting. <laughs> like, talk about, talk about, like, a, a conscience. Sid Vicious as your conscience <laughs> spirit guide. That would be a little bit, a uh, little bit screwed Dude, you're, and, you're, and you're screwed. Well. You're definitely screwed if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. The, the funny thing is, is that throughout this whole comic, I'm reading it and I'm thinking, man, this is great because it feels like, like 90s and early 2000s vertigo like when when everything was awesome and then i look at the editor and i'm like oh the editor shelly bond and you know finding out that that she got laid off from vertigo and and now she's kind of basically starting black crown at at idw and this is what she's doing and so as far as that goes like i'm all on board like i thought punk's not dead was excellent it was a great comic and then I moved to another Aftershock book uh, called Brilliant Trash Number 4. I uh, This was one of the harder ones for me to overall jump into, I find, because even, even now I have trouble actually remembering the story. If there's any one thing that I remember about the book, it's the fact that they, the with the color, like they jump from these different color schemes during different sections of the story and so i thought that was really good you gave the book a good review a good score yeah yeah for sure well and i and i think and and that's one of those interesting things where it's where it's just like based on that color based on the concept there's no doubt about it i mean it it deserves a good score how how well do i remember it uh three weeks later um well actually not very well apparently so it's one of those cases where that's number four. I would I want to go back and reread and read the first three? Absolutely, I would. I mean, I would be intrigued to know where the story goes. Uh, next, I reviewed uh, Kiss versus or Kiss and Army of Darkness number one, and that was exactly what you imagine it to be. <laughs> you know, is it, that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, for me, it's a good thing. I mean, again, I'm a big fan of Kiss. And a big fan of Army of Darkness, so both known for the quality idea products. Of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no question when it comes to whoring yourself out, <laughs> nobody beats Kiss. And as far as Army of Darkness, like the comic books and stuff like that, then no. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that uh, that that's necessarily going to be a quality. I mean, <laughs> to me, like this was this was by the same guys who did Ready Set Fight. That's fun. This is fun. Are you looking for Watchmen out of it? I hope not because you didn't get it. But but if you like Kiss and Army of Darkness, then it was fun. And that was all I was looking for. Yeah, I mean it like I you know, you can't overanalyze Kiss and Army of Darkness. Like you just can't. <laughs> that would be that would be silly. No, I mean, you know, the like the main bad guy in on earth is called Mr. Blackwell. It's like they just you're throwing out all these great kiss references like the power that kiss has is the destroyer power. I mean, it's it's perfect. It's what you want. If you can't get past that stuff, well then you're going to hate it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next up I I reviewed another Another aftershock called Betrothed, number one, and they, and that one's coming out to March fourteenth. Um, this was 
it well they, they call this kind of akin to saga and it's like romeo and juliet meets saga and and overall like i agreed and well, i like and, and, and didn't you also say an archie there's some archie in that yeah because it, it's it's got a high school feel to it because they start out in high school and so I think it's the way the characters interact with each other that has that Archie feel. But then as it goes through, you know, the story is Romeo and Juliet to a certain degree. And then as I think because of the science fiction world that they're put in, that's where Saga comes in. And no doubt as it goes further, I can see a lot more it tweaking a lot more towards Saga than, say, Archie. But overall, I thought the characters were pretty interesting. The story was pretty well told, and I really liked the book. I enjoyed reading it. It would want to come back to that one. You know, I didn't get any of the Sonic the Hedgehog in there at all that you seem to be uh, referring to constantly. <laughs> what? Or did you say oh, Sega? Not Sega. <laughs> Sega, not Sega. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I reviewed Bloodshot Salvation number 7 and this is interesting because I had read Bloodshot Salvation number 6 with an eye towards reviewing that but the problem was as I read it I I didn't get it I like it felt like jumping into a story at the exact wrong time I didn't really understand what had come before and it didn't feel right to me and so i didn't feel like i could give you a very good review of it and so now after reading number seven the the thing about number seven is that it's it takes place almost entirely in black and the reason that i felt like i could review number seven was yes this i understood the story a little bit better from having read six but as, just as a from an art perspective and being able to say, you know, this is their artistic choice to make most of it black. I actually really liked it from that perspective because I just thought it was really inventive and the way they told the story still kept me engaged, engaged despite the fact that they didn't actually have any real art in there. Um, certainly one of the faster, um, you know, comics to draw, I would imagine. But um, but overall, like as an artistic statement, I I certainly appreciated it, and it's well worth picking up from that perspective. And then finally, the latest book that I reviewed was The Highest House Number One from IDW uh, by Mike Carey and Peter Gross. That one's by the creators of The Unwritten. Uh, Peter Gross, of course, at one point wrote um, Tim Hunter and the Books of Magic. So it's it's kind of similar in that regard. It's a young boy as he gets sold as a slave and and sold into the highest house. And I think that there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff that comes up with this. If you do like fantasy and magic and that kind of thing, then you will like this book, I would imagine. Peter Gross's art has always been really spectacular, and and I stand by it in this case as being excellent. There's just this amazing two-page spread where he shows the highest house, and it's unbelievable. It's just 
the things that he does with it and and I mean the detail work in there just spectacular so I do really enjoy that book and there's no doubt that I'd be right back for that I'm adding that one to my pull list right away because uh, the unwritten was one of the best unsung series I have read in a long time I love that series um, so this this new one uh, what did you say it was called I haven't even read this review yet um, it's the high house um the highest the house. highest host i i'm in that that sounds fascinating i love that yeah yeah no it's it's uh it's a really good book and and it's one of those ones that i actually wish that there was 20 issues already because i just want to binge read it and so now we also had uh one other guest reviewer who's uh being with us that is not on the show though i'm sure he'll be on at some point but he had his wisdom tooth out, and and uh, his jaw and uh, and throat is sore, to so he can't come on. Uh, uh, unfortunately, and he's yeah, there's is that as well. He reviewed uh, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, number six, gave it a seven out of ten. Um, uh, Xena, uh, Warrior Princess, number volume four, number one, um, basically thinks. Uh, you know, I, I think I think it was something like uh, Hercules couldn't do better. I believe was his review, and he gave that a seven point five out of ten. But the book that uh, that he reviewed and, and is actually got our highest review of anything on our site that we uh, uh, published so far is the uh, Lovecraft: The Myth of Cthulhu, um, and which is actually a reprint of stories from uh, the seventies by Esteban Maruta. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Of course, he's a Spanish creator and. Uh, Having, I, I, I'm going to definitely get this too. I believe it's a, uh, I mean, it's a little more expensive. It's a, you know, a trade paperback, like I say, but 9.5 out of 10, it's given, or 9.4, I think. And, uh, you know, the images I've seen, they are like stunning. Like, like, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's an overly well known uh, creator, even though he's done work on like X Men and different things like that. But, but, uh, yeah, the images in this book, the, the art is just, appears to be stunning and so if you're if you're you know a uh, art fan um that's i think is uh, definitely the book so far that we've reviewed the most that you should probably uh, look into grabbing well the the cover is spectacular I'm <laughs> yeah it is it's, it's just gorgeous so um any other books that you uh are going to be reviewing i mean i've read i will be writing up a review for the uh sword quest uh trade paperback the volume one um uh, Ghost Rider X is the artist on it. Uh, I think this guy is a future. Uh, I, 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 I think uh, I hope we hear more from him. Uh, this is pretty good for. I, I think this is his first work outside of what's being done on on his own website, isn't it? <laughs> we'll have to find out. I, I'm looking forward to your review, actually, because I read that and I enjoyed it. So, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's a really good. It's a character piece, it's, and you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a challenge to go back and, and do something that's uh you know a property that's 35 years old and and to find it you know a unique twist but they really did and it's really it's really uh, it's really a strong character piece that makes you you care about the characters um, so that's one that I'll have coming up uh, anything else that uh, Brett that you read that you didn't enjoy or that you're you're planning to review well I know we're gonna talk about uh... We're going to talk about Brooklyn Gladiator a little bit soon. Uh, that's from Chapter House. Um, but as far as other things that I've read, um, 
No, well, I read, I had read both Sheena and Zena, Sheena, Zena, and um, I, I really didn't like the Sheena. I, I just couldn't do it. And the Xena I thought was interesting, but I've never really watched the show, so I, I think I think it would help if you were a fan of the show to be able to get into the the feel of the comic a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I, as a, I'm not a huge. I think Chris, you're probably the one who uh, who probably um, you know watched that the most, right? You watched it yeah, a little bit? Yeah, I don't think I ever turned on the sound, but I, I did watch a lot of hours. <laughs> well, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. That's good. That's well, good. I, actually, what can I say? I did watch I, I did watch probably the last two seasons in its entirety, and I can't remember a freaking thing from it. It was that kind of show that it was... <laughs> You know, in one ear at the the other. It was it was it was light fun that you never want to see again. Well, I can say that. Uh, is there anything coming up that you guys are looking forward to reviewing? And that's that I know that uh, I'm really looking forward to the relaunch of Shadow Man. I've called that. That's out March 21st, and I'm going to review that for sure. And uh, you know, is there anything else from you guys that you're you're really uh, Looking forward to? Um, I'm actually really excited about Archie for some strange reason. I for for the first they keep coming up with new concepts that I absolutely adore. Um, I I can't wait to uh, find a good jump on point for uh, Betty and Veronica Vixens. Um, and as you alluded to earlier, we we we. We have the Mighty Teens coming back, um, Captain Pureheart, and that stuff. That that was the stuff I loved. You know what? If they come out with a little little Archie, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Afterlife with little Archie. Hopefully, they know better than that. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, I, I did read uh, Vixens, Betty and Veronica Vixens number four, and I did not enjoy that. But I read the Archies number five. Uh, probably because it had the uh, Tegan and Sarah who are uh, from here in Calgary, the musicians as the guests, and that's that's where they're a band. And, and the the episode or the issue before number four I had them with the with the monkeys, and issue number six, which I will read, uh, has them with Blondie. But Tegan and Sarah, local uh, Calgary artists, indie artists, were the uh, the ones in this, and that was excellent. Well, I didn't enjoy Vixens, but the Archies themselves, that series, it, I, I thought it was terrific. Quantum of Woody, number three, another one that I read that I really, really enjoyed. Um, did not write a review of, but I, I enjoyed an awful, awful lot. Oh, God, they're back. Well, I'm... <laughs> uh, they never really left. Very good series. Very good issue, anyways. I'd, I'd I'm give it like forward. a nine, so... <laughs> Or eight point five in that range, so yeah. I know you, you love the quantum. Well, movie. you know what? But I love the quantum Woody. But but I mean, I I love the original, right? So I mean, I'm very picky about the new stuff. So the fact that this one does it so perfectly, uh, really gets what that's supposed to be, and 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 did a, such a good job presenting it. And again, it's a total. There's like no action and not as much humor. It's not it's not as good as it was before because it doesn't set up and the timing isn't as good on the on the humor. But as far as like just a touching story and, and a character piece, it was very well done. Well, I'll say for myself, I'm looking forward to uh, next week the gore 
Orgasmageddon trade paperback comes yeah. out, so I am looking forward to digging into that. Yeah. Is that IDW? You know what? Forget about the Star Wars uh, Rose and Page. Dynamite. Forget about the Star Wars Rose and Page. That's what you should give a five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Orgasmageddon. Here you go. Enjoy. <laughs> gore. Anything gore for kids is perfect. Love gore. And then the other... The other book that I'll talk about really quickly is um, on April 11th, our friends at Aftershock have their Shock hardcover anthology coming out, and I think we'll give that one a review. It's a it's a big book, and it's got some spectacular creators on it. I mean, almost anybody who's worked for Aftershock, and that's a great list of like Warren Ellis, Paul Jenkins, all sorts of people. So, And there's some, there's uh, some great people. There's some great stuff coming out for sure. That we're going to be talking about, and and I'm currently making my way through the Bionic Man omnibus, and uh, I'm five issues into the omnibus. It's 26 issues, and the, I didn't realize when I said I would do this that it was Kevin Smith. So <laughs> that that was a surprise. <laughs> I did not know that. So uh, I'll 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 leave the rest till now. But I, I do have to say, Kevin Smith always has to be Kevin Smith, doesn't he? He can't stop he being does. Kevin Smith when he's writing. He just Sometimes a little less Kevin Smith than my Kevin Smith would be good. Uh, though uh, I'm glad that he is uh, okay in the hospital from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I still um, haven't forgiven his Black Cat series. <laughs> Come on, Dave I haven't forgiven this. his I haven't forgiven his goddamn Daredevil series. That was nineteen ninety-nine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. I think we're going to wrap this one up, guys. Anything else to say? Well, I think we'll jump back in and do this again next month uh, for all the other books that we've done in the meantime. But, but yeah, otherwise, I think we're pretty good. And if anybody good. read any of these books or has a different opinion, uh, also we had a, a, a retro review from uh, DJ Rap Bastard. I mentioned his couple of books. We had a retro review of the, the Old Man Logan trade paperback, which he loved. And we'll also do retro reviews occasionally. And if anybody wants to do some reviews, wants to review a book for us or whatever, uh, you know, or retro review or or wants a list of the current ones, feel free and contact us on Twitter at We Talk Podcasts, and uh, we will uh, we'll go from there. So, uh, anything else? Anything else from you, Chris? No, not at this time. I I had fun actually. I'm I'm liking. Uh, reviewing these books although it tends to be a little bit pain in the ass all right guys we'll uh we'll talk to you all next week dun dun dun